welcome to Let's Talk It All. I'm Anvil, and once again, Jeff is out sick. So it'll be just me tonight, and we will be talking about it all. Uh, we're going to stick with current events that are going on right now. And that would, of course, be the school shooting down in Florida that happened last Wednesday on Valentine's Day. Um, not that they want to hear it, because they've made it clear they don't want any more condolences or, or well wishes or sympathy, but you have our sympathy. You have our condolences. It is a, it is a sad day when students, children, anyone is gunned down by someone that has issues and murdered by anyone that has issues like this. And we don't know the whole story yet, uh, which is hard to believe because within moments of this shooting happening, we were off to the races. Social media, news medias, uh, news channels, newspapers, bloggers about how uh, this was a Muslim. It wasn't a Muslim. It was a Trump supporter. It wasn't a Trump supporter. Uh, mental illness, not mental illness. Uh, white supremacist, not a white supremacist. Uh, it was crazy. Uh, ban guns, get rid of guns, save our guns, you have no right to ban guns. It was crazy. Everyone on both sides of the debate saw this as another golden opportunity to stoke the fires around this political hot potato. And it's a sad commentary on our current culture when we can't even take a day to process and grieve and try to get some facts before we just start throwing the spaghetti against the wall and see what sticks. Um, again, it's, it's unfortunate and no one wants it to happen. At least most don't want it to happen. Uh, but I guess there are some that would say, uh, good thing it hit. It, it happened. It's unfortunate, but let's make the best out of a bad situation. Um, and then, like I said, we're off to the races with uh, new cries for more legislation and law, laws that the 20,000 laws on the book now for gun control aren't enough. We need a few more just to hammer home that thought. Uh, so... Let's take a look at some of the things that went on with this. Um, the The first thing comes up, as always, is it was an AR-15. And just so we're clear, AR stands for Armalite Rifle, not Assault Rifle, not Automatic Rifle. AR-15 is a designation on what the gun name is and the gun's number and identification, it's basically its name. Not what it is, it's what its name is. Um, since 2018, and we're only talking the last, you know, two months, month and a half, um, one of the first things we saw was that since 2018, there have been 18, this was number 18, uh, attack on a school, and uh, a school shooting. And... Uh, Technically, I guess they were technically, I guess they were right. There had been 18 incidents at schools with firearms that were discharged. Um, that's a little bit different than actual attacks on the school. And I think we can all agree, well, we, we probably won't all agree, but we should be able to all agree that 
what happened in Florida was an attack on the school, not just an accidental discharge uh, that happened inside the school, not in the parking lot. Uh, happened during school hours, not after school hours. So if we, we confine our search to actual school attacks since 2018, I believe there's three that I could find specifically. There might be more, but the three that I could find looking around uh, have happened during school hours. It was an attack on the school, and it kind of falls in that criteria that it wasn't an accident. Um, of those three... Two involved handguns, and one involved a semi-automatic rifle. So 66% of the attacks on schools since 2018 were actually with handguns, while only 33% were with a semi-automatic rifle. Let that sink in a minute. Uh, it makes good narrative to say AR-15s are always used, but they're not always used. And we need to keep that in mind before we start going crazy because I will tell you, to, to legally get a handgun, it's a lot more complicated and restrictive than it is just to get a semi-automatic rifle from your local gun shop. And we need to keep that in mind. So, with that being said, and again, this is in no way meant to uh, belittle, to lessen, uh, to make light of the events of last week. But since 2018, let's look at some other reasons, other deaths that have happened in the United States. Um, and this one is for Jeff, and I know Jeff would have wanted this one right out there in front. Since 2018 started, January 1, there has been 155,000, thousand abortions and we're not going to get to that debate tonight about whether abortions actually murder and blah blah blah, whatever but keep in mind 155,000 abortions since January 1 this year tobacco has claimed 50,000 lives obesity has claimed 44,000 lives Doctors making mistakes, medical errors have claimed 36,000 lives. Uh, just accidents, unintentional accidents, people, unintentional accidents is 20,000 lives. Infections in the hospital, 14,000. Alcohol, 14,000. Diabetes have taken almost 11,000 people from us in the first month and a half of this of this year uh let's see what else we got drunk driving here's always a good one drunk driving has claimed almost five thousand lives this year uh drug abuse 3500 homicides homicides 2300 homicides in the first month and a half murder by gun, murder by gun, and this is probably relevant to what we're talking about, 1,600 and counting. Texting while driving, this is a new one, texting while driving has claimed almost 1,000 lives this year so far. The only really upside I can see, and the only number that gives me any kind of hope, that there's chance that there have been zero, zero deaths 
by spontaneous combustion, which is, I think, a glimmer of hope that not everything is going to kill us. Uh, lawnmowers have claimed 10 people. Falling out of a tree has claimed 20 people. Falling out of bed, falling out of bed has claimed 83 people this year so far. Smoking in bed, and I'm not sure if this is in connection with the tobacco. I'm assuming this is a separate statistic, but smoking in bed has claimed 110 people this year. Domestic violence has claimed 206. And malnutrition. Hard to believe that in the United States, malnutrition is still an issue, but it has claimed 400 people this year. Uh, people are dying every day by the hundreds, if not the thousands. And there's lots of reasons, some of them natural, some of them not so natural, some of them preventable, some of them not so preventable. And we just need to keep that in mind that as a, as a society, we don't get upset about one death, death as much as we get upset about multiple deaths. And... I get. I guess it's human nature to be horrified and appalled by uh, carnage and uh, more than one person being killed at a time. But why? Why is any single death less a concern than multiple deaths at the same time? Is it just a psychological? reason that we're horrified by three people being killed at once and just one person's not so bad we can live with, we can live with one person being killed you know it's a tragedy one person gets killed and okay it was a gun it was a cigarette it was a drunk driver it was domestic violence it was uh incompetent doctor they only killed one person not so bad uh, once we start going into the mass murder, uh, multiples, 2, 3, 4, 17, uh, whatever it is, um, we get offended, we get upset, we get outraged and want to do something about it. And we all get all crazy and pick our sides and start the fight. And we just, we're just crazy as a society. I think we, we look for the easiest simplest answer that will offend the least amount of people and we go for it um and again we're in a social media age so i'm going to refer to that you know all the memes are out there memes are out there uh you know um one gun multiple guns it's it's the it's the we we blame the gun not the victim uh when it's a bombing we blame the bomb not the bomber no we blame the bomber when it's a drunk driver we blame the driver uh when it's you know a knifing we blamed the knifer uh, not the knife not the car not the alcohol uh we go after the person that basically forsake his responsibility her responsibility to be a responsible member of society and do what they wanted because that's what they wanted to do and then as a result um they harmed someone else 
and you know forever cruel cruel turn of events a lot of times the drunk driver is unscathed and everyone else around them pay the price for that um you know it just seems to be a cruel cosmic joke uh, when those things happen so yeah um why why don't we get more upset at the collective death of America over time versus when it happens all at once? Um, you know, and again, I know there's people out there that will, uh, that will dispute things and say that's not right. And I hate to pull in the old cliches and the old standards, but... You know, how many people die in Chicago weekly? You know, how many done with gun violence? Um, how many die in Washington, D.C.? How much gun violence is there in Washington, D.C.? Which is one of the most restrictive uh, areas of the country for gun guns. You know, um, I just... People people get focused on, on what happens... We, we live in the moment. We are a society of instant gratification. We live in the moment. And we don't take time to reflect on the past, the history, to see other causes. Um, you know, was Nicholas Cruz mentally unstable? Was he picked on? Was he bullied? Uh, and not that any of that makes it right, but... Did his classmates, and again, I'm not shifting blame, but I'm saying, did his classmates bully him and make him feel like an outcast? Um, did they do everything possible to include this young man uh, in their in their society, in their in their school, to make him feel like part of the group? Even though he, he looks a little strange, you know, he may have acted a little strange. Uh, I just found out he was a member of the junior ROTC, junior ROTC program, um, that alone, I, I, I guess I knew they, it was around, but I didn't think it still was in high schools, um, but he was, you know, in the military, uh, training for, you know, advancement down the road, and, um, you know, was he, was he treated like an outcast, and, you know, we are a culture that says, oh, we can't bully. And, you know, it's it's not the person's fault, but they were bullied. And it's everyone else's fault for being a bully. And I will tell you, I will tell you, uh, growing up, you know, in the 70s, and in, in school in the 70s, um, as a rule, your bullies are also your bleeding heart liberals. Uh, they're the ones that had the money, that had the privilege, that have the means that are above everyone else and uh i get it the republicans like that as well um but these are the ones that feel that they can they're special they're elite they're privileged and they go out of their way to make someone feel not part of the group not part of the clique uh not worth being there not uh not to have a right to be there and be part of it um so by looking at Mr. Cruz, I would say he was probably picked on. He was probably bullied to a certain extent. 
Um, and I don't know if it was by these kids because there seems to be some age difference. Uh, Mr. Cruz was 19. Uh, these kids in school were 17 and 18. And maybe Mr. Cruz was held back. I don't know. I really uh, haven't seen a lot about his academic records. Um, I do believe I read that he was no longer a student there. Um, whether he had graduated or whether he was kicked out. I'm not sure which way that went. And um, But either way, he didn't have a reason to be in that school, and he was. And he got passed whoever he got passed. And again, security was lax. And, uh, and you can say, well, we shouldn't have to. We shouldn't have to this. We shouldn't have to that. We shouldn't have to have our schools um, secured like prisons. Um, well, you know what? We might have to. We might have to say, you know what? If we want to keep our children safe, then we need to take steps to make that happen. And just by putting restrictions on guns or banning guns or whatever is not going to necessarily make them safe. There are there are at least a dozen different ways Mr. Cruz, with a little thought and ingenuity, could have struck out at the students at this school uh, without the use of a firearm. Uh, there are, uh, in the past, uh, pipe bombs. And let's not get down that road. That's kind of crazy, and that may have taken a little expertise. But, hey, the Internet's available, and on the Internet we can find about anything we want on the Internet to make and build things. D-I-Y. Do it yourself. Um, just top of my head, I think if you had put chlorine in the ventilation system, which means you just would have had access to the roof, and kind of had an idea how the ventilation system worked. Again, you could probably look that up on the internet. Um, either liquid or powder form, chlorine in the ventilation system, probably would have caused a lot of havoc, made a lot of people sick, and probably would have killed a few people in the process. Um, you know, uh, AR-15. Let's, let's go to, let's ban the AR-15s. Let's get rid of AR-15s. Let's get rid of semi-automatic rifles altogether. All gone. So now that leaves us with single shot, lever action, bolt action, and shotguns. So how much damage could you do with a shotgun? I'm thinking a lot. Uh, I believe it's double lot buck holds nine double lot buck slugs, balls, in a round of shotgun. So every round that you shoot from a shotgun puts nine projectiles of 38 caliber size into the air and moving towards potential victims. So if you had a stand, let's, let's say you had a standard shotgun, I believe you can put five, maybe six shells in there. So five times nine is 45. So at least 45 to 50 38 round projectiles in a matter of seconds. How much damage could that do? And that's a pump shotgun, not an automatic shotgun, pump shotgun. Uh, lever action. Um, the, the thing with lever action, you probably take time to reload it. Um, but you can, you know, get a lot accomplished with a lever action if you know what you're doing. And, uh, again, uh, obviously police were not stationed in the school. So it took them a little while to get there. 
And uh, again, an individual that put a little thought into it, a little planning, um, you know, could have caused a lot of havoc. Uh, what were some things on hand that would have aided our, our suspect in increasing that body count if that was his plan? Um, fire extinguishers. Uh, anything that is compressed uh, under, under extreme pressure um, to shoot at and ignite one of these uh, causes shrapnel, causes an explosion. Um, you know, there are, there are lots of things that people could do if they want. And just by limiting one, you push them to another, which I guess is fine. You know, say, well, we don't have to worry about semi-automatic rifles. And, well, then it'd be pump shotguns. And then, well, okay, we can limit all the pump shotguns and limit all the shotguns. And uh, we still have, you know, we're, we're getting down to where we just have 22s and things like that. Um, still can kill people with 22s. Got to get close and personal a lot of times. Um, but it wouldn't be outside the realm of possibility for to single out one class, break into that class, you between the classroom and the door, and then just one by one take out people. So let's let's focus on the problem and not so much the symptoms of that problem, but the problem and find a solution. Um that would be that would be the helpful thing to do in these cases. Uh background checks, absolutely, and I believe uh they're done. If you want to buy a rifle when buy a shotgun, uh, you have to go through uh, the NICS, NICS, uh, background check. You also have to fill out a federal form in which you are compelled to answer truthfully. Uh, you have to produce ID, a valid ID, uh, so they know who you are. And that gun is attached to your name at that point and is entered into a federal database. Um there are what they call the gun show loopholes. Um, but I think they've, they've patched a lot of those up and a lot of people are responsible enough that they um, don't do that. Again, if you're going to, if you're going to want a gun, you're going to find a way to get a gun. If you want a pipe bomb, you're going to figure out how to make a pipe bomb. Uh, if you want a machete, uh, you can find a machete. So basically, and if none of these are available, uh, there's our cars, there are, uh, a lot of other things you can do. Um, you know, what, what scares me, what scares me is, and this is, again, I have a tendency to be thinking the worst case scenario. Uh, if my goal was to, you know, kill a lot of students cause they're just pissing me off or whatever the case is, um, all these students are out protesting and marching, um, What's going to stop me from taking a Chevy, whatever it is, S, S-150 truck or something that's got a little heft behind it and through the middle of one of those protests where they're marching, just run people down. It's not the first time. It, we've heard about people, you know, running people down with cars and hitting them, uh, bombs being set off along routes where a lot of people are, uh, marathons and parades and things like that. So, again, is it really, uh, 
is it really the means of the destruction that we need to look at or is it the reasons behind the destruction and the persons carrying out the destruction that make us want to fix things so while we waste a lot of time and energy debating uh semi-automatic no semi-automatic things like this uh we are not focusing on the real issue and the real issue is how do we stop people from behaving this way and why are people behaving this way and what can we do to change that or alter that or prevent that from happening and i'm not talking necessarily mind control or brainwashing although there seems to be a lot of that going on um it's called getting people help getting people to you know see a more rational side and we need to take a look at that and we will when we come back we're going to talk a little bit more uh about the people end of things and the personal side of this and a few other things but right now we're going to take a little break and hear from our gracious host uh renee at diversitybroadcastingnetwork.com and that's www.diversitybroadcastingnetwork.com and this is the diversity broadcasting network that is allowing us to talk to you folks today so we'll be back shortly please stay tuned and enjoy this next commercial hi my name is vin gleason i'm the director of marketing for biz exposure and my name is renee and i'm the ceo of diversity broadcasting network we have partnered up with biz exposure to help lift your business off the ground with over 31.8 million views to date, you can get your ad seen instantly. Our digital signage technology can drastically change and improve the way your company interacts and communicates with your customers. This allows you to deliver a personalized and instantly updatable message when and where is most effective for you, all the while reducing your costs and increasing your revenue. Join the ranks of many other growing businesses. Building a synergy between our advertisers, our hosts, and our team of representatives and resellers is our biggest priority. Contact me at vin at bizexposure.com or call me personally, 315-209-5044. Partner with us. Our partnership with local business owners like you is the foundation of our business model. We extend opportunities and power local businesses. And we're back. And like we said before, before break, Let's take a look at some of the other things going on right now as far as that goes. So all kinds of all kinds of information out there, all kinds of stuff hitting the the web and the paper and the social media uh, about uh, not only the the suspect in these shootings, but the students around them that have been the most vocal and the most uh, media media friendly, I guess I will call it. Um, kids that have spoken out and protested and been in the news and been on the camera um, and things again you could put a picture of a rock on Facebook and people will debate whether it's actually a rock or something else or fake news or whatever the case is um, so Mr. Cruz is again within moments of this happening it was all, it was off to the races. He was this, he was that. He was acting because of this, because of that. Uh, you know, then we get the race car jumping in, and uh, he's a white guy, and uh, it's acceptable when white guys do this, and blah, 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 and privileged, and 
you know, has a kid got problems? I don't know. He he must. He must. He did this. He must. Or is he a dupe? Is he, you know, was he pushed into something, manipulated into something, and just going to that extreme? And then we hear reports that the FBI had uh, complaints that he was actually, this kid was actually turned in, you know, see something, say something, and the FBI blew it off or only half-assed investigated or whatever the case is. They were busy. I get it. The FBI's been busy. There's been a lot of problems with Russia fixing our election, and they've got their priorities. The FBI's got their priorities, and um, a potential shooting threat uh, in America is not a priority uh, until the shooting threat happens. And then we're all up in arms about it, literally up in arms, never mind the pun. So, investigated by the FBI, probably some other law enforcement agencies, and deemed, ah, we're not going to do anything with this guy. So, then the shooting happens, and we're all honked off about it, and whatever the case. Uh, but the FBI isn't to blame. No one's, no one's calling for tighter oversight on the FBI. No one's calling for reform to the FBI and how they handle these procedures. It's all about tighter gun controls because now's the opportunity to push these through while we are emotional and thinking only with our emotions, our reptilian brains, as it were. So, yeah, so he was that. There was, uh, you know, his uh, his uh, foster parents, um, the family took him in, you know, no indication, they had no indication that this was going to be ugly, um, you know, again, just a nice guy next door, nice kid, yeah, he's got some issues with kids nowadays, I'll have issues, blah, blah, whatever, blah, blah, whatever, and, um, but I guess now, his, his, uh, foster family, I guess we'll call him foster family for lack of a better term, uh, have petitioned to, uh, retain the rights to this kid's estate or inheritance and i'm assuming they mean rights to a story rights to this and they're hoping to uh cash in on this whole deal and i'm hoping they're hoping to cash in to donate the money to the victims i'm assuming that's what they mean but maybe not maybe these people have another another darker darker purpose to wanting to cash in on this kid's uh, inheritance and in, in, in estate and things like that. Um, but I'm sure that that story will unfold because it's, again, more news, more media. Uh, could be fake news. Maybe it's just bullshit. Maybe it's just out there to cloud, muddy the water. You know, the more crap they put out, the tougher it is to figure out what's the truth, what's going on, things like that. Not that the media would do that because, you know, something as precious as the First Amendment... Uh, we would never do anything to tarnish the First Amendment um, because freedom of speech is probably one of the greatest freedoms we have. And every day we go out of our way to make sure that we honor that right and make sure that people know that we uh, view that privilege as sacred and would never do anything to you know, misuse or misabuse uh, that freedom of speech. Not like the Second Amendment. Because that's misused all the time. Because people don't get that those 27 words are very, very confusing. Very un- misunderstood. It's a militia. It's not the people. No, wait, it's the people. People and the militia. 
Uh, it's bears. I don't know why we're giving arms to bears. You know, bears are pretty ferocious as they are. Probably don't need arms, but hey, we'll do what we can with that. Um, yeah. So people just, you know, we we don't we don't go after what I call common sense. We go after what's going to give us the headline. What's going to give us fifteen minutes of fame. What's going to give us something to argue about and fight about and, you know, keep us in the spotlight, keep us in the limelight, uh, keep us distracted from, you know, from what's going on and, and things along those lines. So, yeah, the, 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 the suspect and then the, the biggest victim that's in the news is this David Hogue, H-O-G-G. Um, he's been popping up all over the place. He has been singled out by whatever you want to say, the trolls, the, you know, the fake newsers, the faker newsers, whatever you want to call them, um, as being a crisis actor. And we've heard about these crisis actors, that these are people that go around to all these incidents that... Uh, generate a lot of publicity and a lot of media frenzy and these have all been staged and whatever and maybe they are maybe they aren't you know again it's it's we're 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 dicking around with the symptoms and we're not looking at curing the problem you know so uh if if i have a cold i'm not happy about the fact that i have a fever but if I have an option of cooling my forehead or knocking out the cold, I'm going to take knocking out the cold versus cooling my forehead or whatever the case is. Symptoms symptoms can be managed, uh, but unless you take out what the, the root cause, the root virus, the root bacteria is, um, you're just going to continue to be sick and get sick again. And uh, again, we got a lot of the symptoms. Uh, we're not doing a whole lot to find the cure. And um, we need to start finding the cure. So David Hogue, um, August of last year. Uh, so August is four or five, six. So so half a year ago, six months ago. Uh, David Hogue, this kid is this kid is either lucky or unlucky, whatever the case may be. But he finds himself in California, on a beach, in the middle of another hot topic frenzy and this was uh i don't know something with a lifeguard and a boogie board and a trash can and you know social injustice and blah blah whatever and then uh you know six months later this guy shows up in a high school shooting um you know i would say anyone near david hogue might want to stay away from this kid a little bit because apparently he attracts all kinds of bad things and uh, he seems kind of unscathed, but um, people around him, not so much. So, David Hogue, you might be an unlucky charm, and your friends might want to give you a little distance uh, when you're out and about. Uh, so, we have other issues. We have now the folks that again it's only been a week parents are still grieving and 
the only thing that has been the main focus is uh, legislation on firearms and fake news and somehow in amongst all that our president my president maybe not your president but the president of the United States at the time is to blame and they are quick to bring out a little piece of executive order that was signed uh, by Obama that basically aimed at restricting uh, the possession and probably the purchase but the possession of firearms by certain mental health conditions uh, usually exhibited by the elderly and I think that's key because no one talked about that you've got to actually dig and find out that little bit of thing because Trump second act as president with legislation uh, was to reverse that executive order it wasn't it wasn't a bill it wasn't a law it was an executive order that he reversed that said this is this is singling out people that shouldn't single out without more of a due process and uh, here's the newsflash um, even with that executive order still in place this kid 19 year old still would have gotten the rifle still would have carried out his plan and it had nothing to do with it but hey it's a chance to blame our president for the whole gun issue the whole gun issue um where was our president for the last eight years while more of these mass shootings were going on with the gun issue um, it wasn't a priority. It wasn't a main thing. Um, a lot of lip service. We've got to do something, blah, blah, blah. And, uh, but there wasn't, there wasn't jumping on the bandwagon. There wasn't to get this done or get that done. Um, and again, and, and, and Bush didn't do any better. Don't get me wrong. I'm not letting anyone off the hook on this one. Um, Bush didn't do any better. Clinton didn't do any better. Um, but, but because, again, because it fits the narrative, because it fits our agenda, we're quick to jump on it and say, this is all Trump's problem. This is all Trump's issue. He's the worst president ever. This happened on his watch. Sandy Hook didn't happen on his watch. Columbine didn't happen on his watch. Uh, the other, oh, the other, however many uh, shootings that have happened in school since, let's say, 2010. We'll give Obama a two-year break. Since 2010, didn't happen on his watch. But yet, he's the one that hasn't done anything about it. He's the one that needs to do something about it. Why didn't these Democrats, who proclaim to be the advocate of safety and safe kids and getting the menacing assault weapons, whatever that is, off the streets. And, and I know what an assault was. It's, it's the... It's the politically active term we give to semi-automatic weapons. Um, but I would, I would challenge that to say, if anything, military weapons are assault weapons, possibly. And those fire fully automatic. Not semi, but fully automatic. And unless you have a lot of special permits and licenses from state, federal, and local people, you don't have an automatic weapon unless you're in the military, law enforcement, or a branch of government that's like that. So let's get rid of the uh, 
uh, hyperactive, hypersensitive uh, buzzwords and focus on, you know, the real, again, get rid of the symptoms, focus on the problem that needs to be cured. Um, so, yeah, Trump Trump could have done more. Well, I'll tell you what, this, this poor bastard can't win for losing or can't lose for winning. Uh, no matter what he does, he's going to be wrong. Uh, he uh, tweeted like he likes to do or stated or whatever that he was going to go down to Florida and speak to the victims and, you know, offer his condolences. And immediately uh, these kids, these kids who, you know, aren't prompted by anyone, they have their own thoughts, their own views, and uh, they are the next generation to lead us, uh, jump up and say, F you, Mr. President, uh, we don't want your words, blah, 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 you're responsible for what happened as the guy that did the shooting, blah, blah, blah. So uh, the funeral start and Trump doesn't go. And because it was quite clear that he was going to be more of a disruption to the funerals. And I would, I would give him credit, and this maybe wasn't his intention, but I would give him credit to say, hey, you know what, these are grieving people. And if I'm going to be there just going to upset them, I'm not going to go. So he carried on with his business. He wasn't just going to stop business as usual. He carried on with his business. And uh, he caught shit for that as well. So can't win for losing. No matter what I do is wrong. Welcome to America. Yes, the man can do no right. Goes to the funeral, causes problems. Doesn't go to the funeral, causes problems. Either way, he is criticized. Tough way to lead tough way to govern when nothing you do is considered right so hats off to you Mr. Trump I think you put it all out there uh, risked a lot to do nothing but make yourself hated friends allies uh whatever you want to call them in the past, now viciously turn on you uh, once you're in a position to not have to follow their lead. Uh, Oprah. Oprah, you were a big, big, big friend of Oprah. Oprah show. She talked to you about being president, running for president, and eventually you do it, and then all of a sudden Oprah thinks you're the devil. You know, uh, you were, if not a leader in the black community, I won't go that far, but you were definitely a friend of the black community up until the point you ran for president and started speaking your mind on a very, very, very national stage. Uh, you know, granted, you were, you know, you were not restricted to just the local and regional, you know platform before but you now have the attention of the world and uh, people do nothing but criticize and vehemize what you say and do no matter what that is and that is uh, very difficult things to work under so again <clears throat> right wrong or indifferent Archangel Michael or Lucifer hats off to you for at least trying to make a difference despite the fact everyone wants to 
tear you down. Uh, look at the time. It's about quarter of the hour. And we would like to, again, take a quick break and promote some of the things going on at the Diversity Broadcasting Network. And uh, we'll be back after these brief, brief messages. Hi, my name is Vin Gleason. I'm the Director of Marketing for Biz Exposure. And my name is Renee, and I'm the CEO of Diversity Broadcasting Network. We have partnered up with Biz Exposure to help lift your business off the ground. With over 31.8 million views to date, you can get your ad seen instantly. Our digital signage technology can drastically change and improve the way your company interacts and communicates with your customers. This allows you to deliver a personalized and instantly updatable message when and where is most effective for you all the while reducing your costs and increasing your revenue. Join the ranks of many other growing businesses. Building a synergy between our advertisers, our hosts, and our team of representatives and resellers is our biggest priority. Contact me at vin at bizexposure.com or call me personally, 315-209-5044. Partner with us. Our partnership with local business owners like you is the foundation of our business model. We extend opportunities and power local businesses. And we're back. And to continue the whole gun thing a little while longer, probably most of the show, but a little while longer, uh, some interesting things I found when I was looking up stuff and trying to research the show. Um, what I find interesting is that the United States makes up roughly 5% of the population, but yet we own up to 50% of the guns. So that little that little tidbit of factoid uh, makes people crazy, makes the world crazy, makes liberals crazy. Um, that five percent of the world population owns fifty percent, up to fifty percent of the firearms in the world. Um, whatever keeps us safe. I know if I was thinking of screwing with a country, I wouldn't want to do it while they had up to 50% of the weapons in the world. Um, so that may be something that works out in our favor in the long run. Uh, some other things that came up about such things. Um, see the phrase thrown around, no good reason. There's no good reason to own an AR-15. There's no good reason to own an AK-47. There's no good reason to own that gun or this gun or whichever. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I need to have a good reason uh, to operate within the law. Um, if I choose to open up a restaurant that serves only dogs, there's no good reason to have that restaurant. But you know what? I'm not breaking any laws, so I can do that if I want. Uh, no good reason. No good reason is no good reason to deny me or anyone else rights which are guaranteed by the Constitution of the United States. And that's where we start to get into some other issues. <clears throat> Constitution of the United States. Uh... I think a lot of people are confused about the Constitution of the United States. There are uh, the first ten, 10 amendments, the Bill of Rights, and we've talked about this on the show before. 
there is the First Amendment, which is the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of assembly, uh, this kind of thing. And it is, there's a reason it's the First Amendment. There's a reason it's the first thing they threw on there because it was the, it was the, 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 the whole reason within reason that we were fighting for our independence because we were being told that we couldn't assemble. We were being told we couldn't say what we wanted to say. Uh, we came to America 100, 200 years prior because of freedom of religion, because we were being perse persecuted for our religious beliefs so we came to America. And, and while we're on that topic, understand that America was founded in Christian ideals and beliefs. And we're going to come back to that a little bit later as we talk about things. But let that sink in. Let that keep that in mind. Um, and we'll keep going. So, yeah, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly, freedom of religion. And these are all things that were important. And then they wrote the next thing. Could have been anything. They could have wrote... There were a lot of things that we were getting off our chest. There were a lot of things that we felt we had a right to as as people, as humans, as newly independent citizens of these United States. And the next thing they pick, the next thing they pick is the Second Amendment and the constitutional right to bear arms. To bear arms. And they didn't say to bear muskets. They didn't say to bear cannons. They said to bear arms. And, and so we're clear about this. An arm could be the thing attached to your shoulder. And that's not what we're talking about. But an arm is a weapon. It is a weapon that is commonplace in the world. Not just commonplace to civilians. Not just commonplace to the police. Not just commonplace to the military. But commonplace in the world so back then it was muskets you're absolutely correct it was muskets it was flintlocks it was flintlock pistols and things like that um but why was it why was this the second amendment what was going on what was going on in 1774 1775 76 what was going on in those crazy years that after their wanting freedom of speech freedom of assembly freedom of religion why would they want the freedom to remain armed? Would it be maybe to protect themselves? To protect these newfound freedoms and rights? Could be. Probably is. But let's take a look at the events leading up to the Revolutionary War. There was, as everyone knows, the Boston Tea Party, taxation without representation, uh, blah, blah, blah. Uh, there was the fact that they were shutting down uh, printing presses from printing things. Uh, they were stopping people from having uh, free speech and saying things against the king. But the spark, the spark, literally the spark that started the shot heard around the world. Now I don't know if they even teach that in school anymore. The battles at Concord and Lexington. And I guarantee you, just because I've seen other simpler questions asked, that 
college kids and younger and even some adults can't answer today. But what was going on? What? Why that? What was going on in Concord and Lexington that was the final straw that we said, we're going to fight now because if we don't, we're screwed. And it was the, the British were coming to take the arms and ammunition stores that the colonists had been stockpiling because of what was going on. And here's the kicker. I don't know if this is even taught anymore. But the Americans developed a musket that would shoot further and straighter than the British weapons. This, this musket, this flintlock, was a game changer. You could kill your enemy from a greater distance. And at the time, warfare was open field battle. You had 300 guys on one side and 300 guys on the other. And they just took turns shooting at each other. It's like that stupid uh, slap slap challenge or slap competition where you stand in front of someone else and you just slap each other until someone drops drops because of it. So if all of a sudden the Americans had a musket that could shoot an extra 50 yards, 100 yards accurately, then that put the British, British army out of range of the Americans to kill them, but the Americans were able to keep the British in range to fire. This would give the Americans a huge advantage. Huge advantage. This would give them at least one extra, if not more, volleys in an open field battle. And that just couldn't be. That couldn't happen. So you know what? We're going to confiscate these weapons, and that'll put an end to it. And the colonists said... If we don't stand now, we're not going to be able to stand later. Concord and Lexington, they were coming to take the guns. And the colonists said, that's the last straw. So what actually prompted and started the war, the spark that started the war, was not the First Amendment issues, but it was the Second Amendment issues. The Second Amendment was the catalyst the spark that started it all rolling. How crazy, how crazy is that? How crazy is that? The Second Amendment. 27 words. 27 words. Ten Amendments, Constitution, Bill of Rights. Big document. Big document. 27 words that the, the framers felt were necessary to ensure the longevity, the protection of the other nine rights. If nothing else, to ensure the protection of the First Amendment, the first rights, freedom of assembly, freedom of speech, freedom of religion. And I don't think people really think about it in that sense. They they try to find all the little loopholes. Uh, well, it was muskets and and let's take a look at that nonsense argument. So they say, well, it was meant for muskets, and that's that's what it should pertain to. So unless unless we're talking about muskets, we should have the right to legislate and regulate any other firearm. Well, first of all, it's arms. So it could be a firearm. It could be anything at that point that's a weapon that's used to protect. But let's let's expand that logic. 
to the other, let's expand that logic to the First Amendment. So at the time the First Amendment was written, there was public speech and written speeches, written, written speeches. So using the logic for the Second Amendment only applied to muskets, shouldn't we say that the First Amendment only applies to written and public speech? Therefore, we need to eliminate all the electronic, that would be radio, television, uh, things like that. And especially now, we need to eliminate any and everything on the internet. As far as freedom of speech, that the, the TV, radio, internet should all be censored because it doesn't fall under the constitutional right of freedom of speech for paper and public in-person speaking. How crazy and stupid is that thought? How about we take this? First Amendment, religious freedom. At the time that the Declaration was written, Christianity probably accounted for 99, oh, 99.9999999999999999998 percent of the religions in the colonies. Some form of Christianity, Christian-based religion. Uh, not Ju Ju Judaism, not Buddhism, not Islam, not Muslim. It was Christianity. So, by that logic, shouldn't the Constitution only protect Christian-based religions? So, the Jews and the Buddhists and the Islams and the Muslims, they've got no ground to stand on. Uh, they don't aren't entitled to religious freedom because it's not Christian. That's what the Constitution. That's what the framers had in mind. I don't think. I don't think George Washington and Thomas Jefferson and the rest of them said, you know what? Not only should Christians be you know taken care of, but the Muslims. Let's make sure the Muslims have freedom when they come over here. Um, no, I don't think that was happening. I don't think that was happening. Uh, just because when the Constitution was written, uh, a an African-American, which would just be a black slave at the time, uh, was only worth five, five-ninths, nine-fifths of whatever. They weren't even a whole person, and they were actually property. And uh, obviously we fixed that once, once we got to the point where we said that was probably not the way to do things. Um, but again, to go to the argument saying... Uh, we can. The Constitution only applies to things that were prevalent in the year 1776. Uh, is just asinine, stupid, and one should hope that we never try to make that argument and apply it to the rest of the Constitution because that just wouldn't work. So, the Second Amendment, 27 words, talks about a well-regulated militia. Um. I will guarantee you, in 1776, well-regulated means something totally different to our founding fathers who were forming the government than well-regulated means to the government that we have now. Uh, well-regulated means working well. Well-regulated, a, a, uh, a clock that works and keeps good time would be called a well-regulated clock. Uh, a militia that works and functions properly is called a well 
regulated militia. Um, at the time, everyone was part of the militia. We uh, we were brand spanking new, and the militia were the people. But I've got some other uh, quote-unquote guest speakers tonight that I want you to listen to on this topic and give you a better understanding of uh, why a section of the Constitution that's only 27 words long, one sentence actually with a couple commas in it, uh, is so critical and so clear if you just put all the bullshit aside. If you just put all the nonsense and and political crap aside, it becomes very clear what they were talking about. Um, So as I'm looking, we're coming up in an hour into the show. And at this point, we're going to do, we would normally do a shot. And uh, just not the same drinking by myself. I don't want to be the person that drinks alone. So uh, until I get Jeff back uh, by my side, uh, we're not going to do a shot at this point. Um, I'd like to, but we're not going to, and, uh, we'll go from there. So we're just going to keep going on with the broadcast at this point. So the first special guests I have tonight that are going to give you a better understanding of the constitution. And when I say special guest, I mean that I've gone onto YouTube or someplace and pulled up uh, speech or presentations given by other individuals and this first one uh, will give you an idea of what is meant by those 27 words so listen close focus because it's not that long it's only a couple minutes it's only 27 words but focus on what's being said and maybe this guy can give you a little better understanding of what we're talking about. Read the words. A well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state. Sure, you need an organized military force to defend your country, but the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. This is the people in contrast with the militia. It doesn't say the right of the militia to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. It says the right of the people. Now, why the word people? Because the people who wrote this had just fought a war for two years against a tyrannical state militia. They knew the time might come when they'd have to do that again. So they made the possession of weapons a right that the militia could never take away. Now, gun control advocates say the phrasing is clumsy. And the comma separating the state from the people is just a pause to get your breath. Strange, they can't seem to point out any other places where those hack framers fucked up the wording. Yes, that was Penn Gillette of Penn and Teller. He is an entertainer. Uh, he has very clear ideas about what the Constitution means and freedoms. Now, I'll tell you, he he doesn't let politics play into it. Um, if you listen to his uh, talks on freedom of speech, in which they appear to burn an American flag, and that's on the premise that that's freedom of speech. To burn a flag is is speech, 
It's covered under freedom of speech, and they're allowed to do it. So the flag burner, Penn Jillette, is also a huge advocate of the Second Amendment. Think about that. This man, he seems to play both sides of the fence, but he's not. He's just being unpolitical about the law, the Constitution. And I appreciate what he had to say. Uh, I'd say Teller, but Teller doesn't talk. He just kind of hung out there. And uh, But we appreciate that. Um, along with that, so 27 words. And people say that the, this portion is ambiguous. And the framers, as, as, as Penn would say, uh, fucked up this part. Um, they didn't. They knew exactly what they were doing. And if you look at other documentation from the time, uh, letters written, the Federalist Papers, um, other arguments that came up while the newly formed states were ratifying their own constitutions, um, it becomes clear that the new U.S. citizens felt very strongly about the fact that they were not going to let another government become a tyrannical government and run their lives. That they were going to, when needed, as the people, we the people, we the people. Three words, three big, huge words at the start of this document. We the people. They weren't going to let a government take that away. And they knew. They knew. They knew because they just fought a war that that firearms, equal or better firearms, than the person trying to take your rights away was key to keeping your freedom. And I want you to listen to what Adams, Jefferson, Hamilton, Mason... Some of our founding fathers, some of the framers of the Constitution, some of the framers of the Declaration of Independence had to say, above and beyond those 27 words, this was such a clear, in, 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 this was such a clear issue to them. This was such a clear fact to them that they only assigned 27 words to it. Think about that. They didn't think it had to be explained. They, they, if they had ever had any thought whatsoever that future generations would be as ignorant as they are on this issue, they probably would have put more than 27 words in it. But it wouldn't be 27 words and then explanations that it should never go beyond a musket. It would have been more explanation of what we the people represent and what we the people mean and why it's so important. But they didn't think it was necessary. This was just such a such a clear and evident truth that they never in their right minds thought they would have to go into a detailed explanation about why the right to bear arms would not should not be infringed. So I've got Jefferson, Adams, Hamilton, Mason, and obviously these aren't their words that they spoke at the time, but these are found in documents, papers, books that were written at the time. They were spoken at the time. And I have actors portraying 
these words so you can listen to them because we're on radio and not television. So please listen up to what these gentlemen had to say and how this helps explain better those 27 words. The Constitution shall never be construed to prevent the people of the United States who are peaceable citizens from keeping their own arms. The Constitution of most of our states and of the United States assert that all power is inherent in the people, that they may exercise it by themselves, that it is their right and duty to be at all times armed. If the representatives of the people betray their constituents, there is then no recourse left but in the exertion of that original right of self-defense. The laws that forbid the carrying of arms are laws of such a nature. They disarm only those who are neither inclined nor determined to commit crimes. Such laws make things worse for the assaulted and better for the assailants. They serve rather to encourage than to prevent homicides, for an unarmed man may be attacked with greater confidence than an armed man. I ask, sir, what is the militia? It is the whole people. To disarm the people is the best and most effectual way to enslave them. No free man shall ever be debarred the use of arms. Did you did you catch all that? Good. Uh, this was actually borrowed from, again, YouTube and the loudercrowder.com website and their their video broadcast they do and I appreciate all their information. Uh, if you go to our web our website which is www.letstalkitall.com and you go to our website and then uh, we've updated it so you have to click on the little picture to send you to the new site and there if you go into uh, media video um, you will see what we're talking about. Also, if you go to our YouTube channel, which is Let's Talk It All, which actually I think the the actual YouTube is LTIA Radio Show dot com. So uh, we'll look that up. We'll provide a link on the website to help with that. Um, but again, uh, these individuals talk about. Uh, what makes what makes these things great? What makes those 27 words work? And at this point, I'm going to break for a little musical interlude from the Diversity Broadcasting Network's musical archives. And we'll be back shortly.
as you sit right down and cry What the hell? Zunga Band with Hatter Mad. Uh, another great tune, independent artist that you can find on the Diversity Broadcasting Network. And we're back. So, we have hit on the high topics of the current social media, the whole guns and things like that. Uh, we have all these kids, all these kids, kids that feel they know what's going on in the world that they have a clear picture of what's right what's wrong what should be what shouldn't be uh in their vast um 16 17 18 years of experience uh they know things um these kids are crazy i appreciate 
I guess the fact that they're trying to do something. But we need to be honest with children. We need to be honest with children in when they are wrong or headed down the wrong path or doing something that, uh, I guess, feels good but will have no substance. A lot of flash but no, no substance. They need to be put back on the right path. Um, and I, I took some heat. Of things I posted. Um, one of the first things, uh, I believe, before the Florida kids, we're going to do something in the kids out in Columbine, where one of the first mass shootings took place uh, back in 99. They were going to do a march. They were going to do a walkout. And they were going to do this on April 20th. And I get it. I'm not ignorant. I get it. It's the anniversary of the shooting. But if you want to be effective in your chances of making change, then you strike when the iron is hot. Not wait for it to cool and then try to get it started again. Um, do something on the 20th to celebrate the, not celebrate, but commemorate the anniversary but if you want to walk out of school, then do it in March and do it. And this was an organizing. And then you say, well, the kids want to do this. But my understanding was that the, the school was going to sign them out to let them do this. So you've got adults saying, oh, go ahead and do it. No, you want to protest, you make, a, you make it a point. You get some skin in the game. You know if you leave school and you're not supposed to, you might get in trouble. But you're doing it for a better cause. You're going you're gonna to risk a little. You're going to put a little skin in the game to get out there and get your point across. Be, you know, don't. Don't always work from a from a with a safety net. So I took some heat for that because I had no right to criticize these these kids that were doing such a brave and heroic thing and trying to make a difference and blah 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 blah. What I was trying to say is kids were don't wait two months. Do it now. Be sensible. Use your common sense. It's better to get involved now while there's a lot of press about it, a lot of things are going on while emotions are running high, then to wait until people forget about it, then try to push the the uh, the issue through. Uh, it'd be like if FDR waited until February 28th to request from Congress that we go to war with Japan uh, two months after they bombed Pearl Harbor. Um, makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Uh December 7th, bomb Pearl Harbor. December 8th or December 9th, you are in front of Congress saying, we need to go to war with these sons of bitches. That's how things happen. You know? And then all of a sudden, the kids are doing things now. They're marching. They're walking to... They're marching on the state capitol. They're doing this. They're doing that. And I give them credit. They're trying to do something. They're trying to make some change. God bless them. But again, I would think they would need to be a little educated... And our education system has let us down severely. Um, the young girl that had the speech that was uh, so publicized, uh, young girl, uh, hair cut down to being bald, um, her speech was inspiring. It was very emotional and got the crowd fired up. Uh, a couple things I had, I had took an issue with, and only because it's just... 
shows ignorance on people's part. Uh, it was a written speech, so it wasn't like she was just talking off the cuff, which if that was the case, I could probably live with it. But this was a written, supposedly thought-out speech. Uh, first thing she talked about was the fact that they, when this, when the Second Amendment was added, well, it really wasn't added. It was all part of the first Ten Amendments. It was part of the Bill of Rights. So it really wasn't added. It was part of the plan. Um, but I understand that you think this was just kind of an afterthought, that you probably haven't taught that this was an afterthought, and they just had 27 words floating around, didn't know what to do with them, so they threw them in this in this section of the Constitution. So I got a problem, you know, with, with the fact that she may not be as well-educated as she thinks she is, and you know, historical facts and social, you know, history. Uh, second thing was that she had talked about Donald Trump um, taking money from the NRA, and we'll get to the NRA whole thing a little bit here, but eventually, and that it was, that she knew it was $30 million, $30 million, $30 million that Donald Trump took from the NRA, and that that equaled out to... 5,172 dollars per gun death since 2018. Um, I'm not sure if she misquoted herself and she was talking about that since Columbine or if that's what she meant. Um, but Well, let me, let me rephrase that. She said there was $5,800 per, per person, per death. And if that is the case, if that is the case, and again, I'm, I'm correcting what I just said, read the numbers backwards, that the $30 million, and that worked out to be $5,800 per death, uh, if that is the case, then since 2018, there has been... 5,172, 5,172 gun in America. And there hasn't. There hasn't even been half that much. There has... It's just, it's just poor math. It's poor math or poor statistics or poor division or poor research on their part. Um, but... It's, it's a bad number, and someone should have caught that before she gave this speech um, because who knows what other inaccuracies are in there. And, again, got the got the troops riled up, got them all fired up. This, this young girl taking a stand, talking her stuff, and uh, just talking, talking numbers that make no sense whatsoever. Here's an interesting number, though. Um... In Chicago, people are dying left and right. Dying left and right. Deaths on a daily basis. Chicago, just seven, eight, nine, ten a day. Um, I think I pulled one day up. Uh, I think it was a Saturday. Oh no, I I think I believe I pulled up the information for the actual day of the shooting or the day after the shooting in Florida. And in Chicago, seven people were killed with guns. 
So, but no one mentions that. No one hears about that. No one's appalled or upset or wanting to do something. Although I will say when President Trump suggested a possible solution to Chicago's violence and crime, people freaked the F out. Uh, Trump wanted to federalize either it was National Guard or some group and basically send in federal troops to restore law and order to Chicago and people freaked out. Freaked out that we were going to send the military into a city to put it under control. Um, freaked out. I comes up with a solution, people freak out about it, yet two, three months later, the mayor of Chicago uh, petitions the UN, the United Nations, a foreign paramilitary organization to send in their troops to maintain law and order in Chicago. Uh, so they're good with, they're good with a United Nations paramilitary peacekeeping force to come in and establish law and order, but God forbid it be the U.S. government come in and take care of their own problem. Um, again, explain to me the logic in that. Uh, one that we would even consider uh, openly, without challenge, allow U.N. peacekeeping troops to set foot in America with the sole function to establish law and order someplace is crazy. And along those lines, uh, and I don't know if this is something that's kind of died by the wayside, um, but when there's talk about, you know, the UN imposing gun control on a world level, and we would have to comply and follow, is utter bullshit. And if that wouldn't be enough reason to, one, drop out of the UN, and two, say, you come after the guns, you're going to have a hell of a time. Um, wake up, people. Wake up. Because if you think about it, if you really, really think about it, if you were to, just from a factual standpoint, take a look at all the gun violence, the deaths, the racial issues, and... Eliminate U.S. Don't tell anyone it's the U.S. Don't tell anyone it's a U.S. city. Just stick to the generic facts that on this day, this school, 17 kids were killed. In this day, in this city, you know, this many people killed. Um, and applied that to why we get involved in other countries' issues. Why the U.N. gets involved in other country issues. Um, the fact that they haven't tried to uh, stick their nose into our business is amazing. And I think we need to be ready for the day that they decide finally that they're going to try. Because when that day comes, I really hope and pray that whoever's in the White House, whoever's running our government, tells them to fork off and stay on your side of the pond. Because although I probably would have an issue with taking up arms against our own people, 
police, military, things like that. I guarantee you, some idiot in a light blue helmet and international camouflage shows up at my door wanting my guns, I'm putting them down. I'm putting them down hard, and I'm putting them down permanently. So, um, just be warned. This isn't a threat. Don't show up at my door. I'm just telling you, if and when that day comes, that foreign powers decide that they're going to impose their views and supersede our Constitution will be the day that we start the whole process all over again. And it's not going to be pretty. Not going to be pretty at all. So what else is going on? Olympics are going on. The Olympics are going on in in China. I believe that's where it is, China. Is it China? I don't know. Asian country. I saw a uh, I saw a graphic for one of the TV stations. Call it PF Chang's Winter Olympics. I thought that was kind of funny. I think someone probably got fired over that. Uh, we are not doing well. I think we're in fifth or sixth place for medals. Um, I think we got a grand total of 12 medals. There's like, I don't know, four or five gold. There's four or five silver, four or five bronze, blah, blah, blah. Um, what I find funny, and you got to love the, the humor with this. Um, Russia, again, Russia involved in the news. Um, the big controversy is the doping scandal with the Russian curling team. And Russian curling, curling team. This is where they take a big oversized kettlebell and slide it down the ice trying to get it into a target zone. It's sort of like bocce on ice type thing. Bowling. It's like ice bowling, I guess. Um, doping scandal. Doping. They actually are saying the Russians gave performance-enhancing drugs to the curlers to help them curl and sweep out the ice more efficiently to win. Curling doping crazy uh, big thing is the snowboarders and the freestyle X game type things um, and I'll tell you whatever it was 20 years ago 30 years ago when snowboarding came on the scene people were freaked out and skiers were like this is dangerous this is never going to work blah 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 and today it's a major 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 Olympic event uh, a lot of crazy things going on uh, if you just watch those things, they they flip, they jump, they soar, they land, uh, they go backwards, they go forwards, um, they do all kinds of crazy stuff, and it's entertaining to watch. I'm not a big Olympic fan myself. Um, Summer Olympics, maybe more than Winter Olympics, uh, but I love the fact <clears throat> that we can still get a good doping scandal going on with something like curling curling it's like shuffleboard for young people that might be the way the best winter shuffleboard for young people and obviously now young people that are on steroids to 
help them out. So that's a, that's a good thing. Uh, North Korea is uh, looking to uh, put together an athletic program similar to the old Soviet Union, and they are sinking uh, whatever money is left over from their nuclear program into creating a top-notch athletic program that will be able to crush the rest of the world on the sports stage. So we're looking forward to that uh, Korean, North Korean uh, Olympic uh, champions. That'll be great. That'll be a great thing going on. Uh, what else going on? Trump, uh, Russian scandal still a big thing. Um, there's supposedly memos and, you know, he's now saying that, you know, it wasn't his idea. There may the Russians may have been involved in rigging the elections, but it wasn't his idea. Uh, there's evidence, I guess, that says maybe, you know, maybe the Democratic Party had something to do with it, and they were trying to hope for the best, and it backfired, and um, just crazy. Again, I have no doubt the 2016 election will go down in history as one of the most bizarre things out there um to have this man this this the most wealthiest failed businessman in history uh come onto the stage defeat you know and I hate to use this because it's just sad, but defeat the best and the brightest of the Republican Party and then turn around on a national stage and defeat the smartest woman ever to be in politics and win the election to beat both Democratic and I get it, Trump's a Republican, but in essence he beat the Republican Party as well to to stick it to both parties that have been in power for, for decades and decades and decades, putting their people in place, playing their games, their backroom deals, uh, you know, the Bushes on the Republican side, the Clintons on the Democrat side, Obama on the Democratic side, you know. Um, I, I think if you were, to, you were to say, you could probably go back to 62. I think uh, Kennedy was in there as a Democrat, but I think he scared the hell out of him because I think, and people are going to freak out when I say this, Kennedy was the Trump of the 1960s. Kennedy, I think, was a Democrat in name only. I think he had his own views on what the Democratic Party should be. He had his own ways on how to reform things. He talked about doing things. It got him killed. But Kennedy was talking sense. He was talking common sense. He was talking to the to the average American citizen. He was he felt their pain. He felt their plight. He tried to do what he can for them. And when you think about it, and again, Kennedy is beloved and whatever, but he he is the Trump of the sixties. Kennedy had his own idea how to run had his own idea on how to govern. Um, you know, you can talk about 
Trump's porn star mistress. But Kennedy had... Where do we start? Marilyn Monroe, who wasn't a porn star. She was an actress, was a mistress. Kennedy had other women. Kennedy had a beautiful wife and still felt the need to screw around. Trump has a beautiful wife and I think he feels the need to screw around more because she's probably not giving it up and she's probably happy. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure she's the one that paid the porn star to have the affair with him. If I was in a similar situation where my significant other probably was not what I truly wanted on a physical side of the relationship, I might pay someone to sleep with them and then I would just not worry about it and take the benefits of what's going on. Um, I don't think I don't think Melania Trump is in any way the uh, offended party and the harmed party in the whole thing. Um, I would say she probably was actually glad uh, that Donald had someone else to take care of his physical needs, um, but probably not happy it all came out the way it did. Probably wasn't happy if it just stayed quiet. Um, but yeah, so uh, if you want to compare Donald Trump to a president, uh, you might wind up, when you look at the facts, be comparing them to John F. K., JFK, John F. Kennedy. Um, think about that for a minute. You know, things that Kennedy did, Trump is doing, he's getting barbecued for. Kennedy was loved. Um, so, again, you want to keep those kind of things in mind when you start besmirching our current president. Um, and, and know that, um, you know, I know Trump likes to compare himself to Reagan, but he really should compare himself to JFK. Because I believe that is the true role model for, for this guy. So, uh, as we come up on the hour and a half mark on the show, uh, we are going to cut away again real quickly for another obscene prophet message from Renee at diversitybroadcasting.com and talk about some of the stuff she's got going on as far as advertising and helping you with your business get exposure. So listen up, and I'll be back shortly. Hi, my name is Vin Gleason. I'm the Director of Marketing for Biz Exposure. And my name is Renee, and I'm the CEO of Diversity Broadcasting Network. We have partnered up with Biz Exposure to help lift your business off the ground. With over 31.8 million views to date, you can get your ad seen instantly. Our digital signage technology can drastically change and improve the way your company interacts and communicates with your customers. This allows you to deliver a personalized and instantly updatable message when and where is most effective for you, all the while reducing your costs and increasing your revenue. Join the ranks of many other growing businesses. Building a synergy between our advertisers, our hosts, and our team of representatives and resellers is our biggest priority. Contact me at vin at bizexposure.com or call me personally, 315-209-5044. Partner with us. Our partnership with local business owners like you is the foundation of our business model. We extend opportunities and empower local businesses. And we're back. And this is Let's Talk All. 
I'm Anvil. Jeff's out sick again. You might want to call me Han because I'm doing this program solo all the time. Star Wars reference. Han. Solo. Google it if you don't understand. Anyways, um, other things going on. Uh, we were just were watching um, The X-Files. And I guess if there was any if there was any show that was inspiration for this program, it would be The X-Files. And if anyone watched The X-Files, anyone was a fan of The X-Files, uh, the first time the series was around, uh, they delved into all those things. They delved into the paranormal, UFOs, Bigfoot, uh, conspiracies, uh, all those kind of things that went on in the in the eighties and nineties, and you know, fluke men and werewolves and vampires and uh, creatures that were uh, born out of a nuclear accident and some. A lot of things like that. Um, they resurrected the series, brought Mulder and Scully back, along with Skinner, and uh, it initially started out that they were kind of picking up where they left off with the alien abductions and looking at Scully's baby and Mulder and her son and things like that. But the show's really delved um, into current current social issues. So where the original X Files dealt with Bigfoot and UFOs and all those kind of things. The new series kind of looks at these government conspiracies, uh, chemtrails, um, fake news, uh, all those, all this stuff that's going on right now. That's really, it it uh, it sits there and talks about what could very well be the truth, and puts it out there for see if anyone actually believes it. And by putting it in the show and making it an X-File, the, the premise is that you're not going to believe it because this is a TV show and it's not, that's reality and things like that. Um, catching up on some of the episodes, uh, the one episode talks about the fact that uh, the government's finally be able to successfully work on uh, mind control and that it doesn't matter anymore whether the government secrets get out because... Either we don't know what to believe or we don't care what to believe, but we're getting bombarded with the truth and we don't care or we don't know or we don't know to care or whatever the case is, but there's no need to have uh, clandestine organizations and keep things secret. Let all the secrets out because most of the people aren't going to believe them anyways, which is an interesting premise, but when you think about it and apply it to what we see today, how far is that from the actual truth? Um, everything is fake news. Everything is uh, a, not a conspiracy, but a production to make us believe one thing while something else happens and all that stuff. Even even with this recent shooting, um, you know, the shootings out there, but it's, it's a... Cr- it's a uh, fake news. It's a uh, crisis fabricated by whoever, the government, to spark the debate on gun control again and make people believe that they're not safe and have us run to the government to protect us that are protecting ourselves and things like that. So all that stuff's going on. Uh, Sandy Hook was the same thing. Um, you know, they've... You know, even even now and then you see things pop up still about Sandy Hook being a false flag and uh, not being real and it was actors and 
blah, 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 this, blah, 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 that. And was it? Could it have been? Anything's possible? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I know not much happened um, because of it. You know, again, this was this was Obama era, so not a lot of changes happened with guns. They didn't they didn't resurrect the you know gun ban act and you know put semi-automatics, a Brady Bill, and things like that back in place. Um, the more recent episode from the X Files uh, deals with the fact that even back in Vietnam, they were testing mind-altering uh, gases that would. Uh, either cause our soldiers to fight better or cause great fear in the enemy and whatever, basically mind control to make the people do and see what they want and behave in a way that they can control. And, um, you know, and they tie it in. You know, it started back in the 70s, 60s and 70s with Vietnam and a lot of the vets that came back were uh, sent to this VA hospital out in the middle of nowhere, uh, mud Mud, mud, mudlick, mudlick, Iowa, or wherever it was, and uh, they continued the experiments, and that uh, in 30 years they had perfected things, and now it was you know part of the chemtrails and crop dusting, and basically this was being distributed to the masses through our air supply, food supply, water supply, uh, with the eventual effect effect of being able to better control the minds of the American people. Um, so, you know, it's interesting that the it's kind of fun to watch to see that the uh, the show still kind of holds true to its premise, except now instead of the X-Files, it's going after, you know, more homegrown uh, oddities and conspiracies. So... Give them credit for that. And again, it makes the show interesting. They do some fun stuff. Uh, they did some fun stuff where they talked about uh, the government being able to create selective uh, amnesia on certain events and certain things that happen um, and uh, making us believe one thing when it really didn't happen that way in order to help big corporations uh, play down uh, catastrophic events and things like that. So again watch it it's entertaining uh but it may also be you know the truth so um i'm trying to think what else has been going on uh not a whole lot i know um the weather's been crazy i know uh a week ago we had snow and this week we've got sun and we got warm weather uh it is the middle of february end of february and uh, we were looking at 65, 70 degree days, and one day will be 70, and the next day they're calling for six inches of snow. So, uh, climate change. Let's talk about climate change. Uh, obviously, uh, climate change is a better descriptor of what's going on. Instead of calling it global warming or global cooling, uh, we call it climate change. Uh, the climate does change. So, that can't be wrong. Uh, we can't say that climate change is fake because the climate does change. It changes all the time. So, uh, but the question is, what's going on that we have such a wide swing from one day to the next, one week to the next, uh, go from 
30 degrees to 60 degrees to negative 10 degrees back up to 30 degrees something's going on i don't remember the weather weather ever being this crazy i don't remember you know when winter hit we had winter we had winter for several months and then winter went away and spring came and then spring went away and summer came uh anymore they kind of blend they kind of happen at the same time they happen within each other um i know the last two days around here have been almost summer like or if nothing else late spring um what's going on with that you know uh just just question you know what they're not necessarily trying to hide but question about what exactly they're not telling us um so, the other day, I went to uh, pick up my granddaughter, and she uh, she lives with her mom, who is separated from her father, and I uh, went to pick her up and bring her back home. She went to spend a couple of days at her dad's house, and um, she's in college. She's going to a community college, and um, we're talking about the community college, and she's having some problems with a couple of classes. There's a couple of classes uh, oddly enough, English and math. You would think by now English and math they would have down. And uh, she has some problems with them, which it's probably a George genetic issue because I know most of the Georges have issues with math, being my wife and things like that. Math is not her strong suit. And um, so I'm talking to her. And uh, she's like, well, you know, I might go to another community college, get my two-year degree. And then, you know, well, you know, if I continue to you know fail and not get past this math and english and can't get through community college i'm just gonna you know quit and join the peace corps quit and join the peace corps and the fact that i didn't drive for road was amazing because i just looked at her and i'm like what what by all that's holy are you talking about quitting and then your next option if college doesn't work out is joining the peace corps well you know and she would go on well you know they were helping you know south african countries and you know the poverty and the the you know the kids and that need education this that and everything mind you my granddaughter i love her to death but she has barely a high school education she will be going into the peace corps after dropping out of college because she couldn't continue her education uh, mostly because her math skills and English skills weren't the greatest. She is, by her own skill sets, an artist. She draws very well. She likes art, things like that. She is an artist. So her contribution to the Peace Corps in South Africa, in some poverty-stricken community, is she will bring to the little starving, disease-ridden, Africans art because that's the important thing that they have is art uh, not fresh water not food not medicine not someone to teach them school them not to build schools houses things like that but she will be bringing to them an appreciation of art um, I had to let my knee my my granddaughter know that she was an idiot and i don't i don't hold back i will 
I will gladly, when necessary, tell any of my children, any of my grandchildren, if they're being an idiot, that they're being an idiot. Why, why would this be your first course of action if you did not get through college? If you want to help, help the homeless here in America. Volunteer for, is it AmeriCorps? Is that the Peace Corps equivalent to stateside AmeriCorps? I'm not sure. Um, but volunteer uh, to help the homeless people. Volunteer to help the uh, the kids that are looking for after-school programs that maybe art would be one of them. And uh, when I said the homeless people, she she's like, well, why would I do that? They're homeless people. They are... You know, that's the, they got into that themselves. And she was putting the blame on the homeless people on the homeless people. And I get sometimes that's true. Sometimes we make our own bed. We need to lie in it. Um, but she wasn't understanding that these people, sometimes it's not their fault. It's, it's that they've, you know, they were, they've lost all their money. They lost their job. They have mental health issues. They have economic issues. Um, and my, my granddaughter was also under the impression that these homeless people are just recklessly and indiscriminately multiplying, having children. Um, and I get you may see a homeless person or homeless family, but in her mind, I think she's thinking that these two homeless people hook up, have sex, and then produce homeless children. And I don't know where she's getting these ideas. The fact that she gets these ideas at all just scares the living hell out of me. That that I had to ask her. I had to ask her just how many times she had taken the Tide Pod Challenge. And she looked at me and said, Grandpa, that's stupid. I don't know why those kids are doing that. So she's not part of the Tide Pod generation. So that must be a few years younger than her. Uh, but her generation is, I don't know, uneducated, uninformed, unrealistic. And she's she's 19. She's 19. She's the same age as the gentleman that shot the school in Florida. She is 19. She is an adult. And she is severely, I don't want to say uneducated, but she is ignorant to the world and the way the world functions and the way the world works. Um, she is one or two years older than these kids that think they know what they're talking about when they march and demand this and demand that from the government. Um, they don't. And the fact that those kids, the fact that the Tide Pod generation, the fact that my granddaughter at some point is making choices for me at this current time scares the hell out of me that she is willing to go to another country and risk so much. She has no clue what she's risking. Um, her life, her, her sanity, her uh, well-being down the road um, to bring art to a art cultureless society. Um, stay here. Bring art to American kids that need it. Bring art to the homeless people that want to decorate the wall on under the bridge they're living under. Um, but don't don't sign up to go to a foreign land and 
not to quote our president, but go to a shithole. We got plenty of shitholes in America that you could probably work on first, and it'll be a little bit more safer than going to the shitholes in these countries where uh, their own lives don't matter, let alone a foreigner who they automatically hate anyways. Um, the young white girl in the middle of Africa is either a target for kidnapping, killing, or raping. Any of which these three scenarios are going to have a definite impact on her life down the road. Um, stay in America. I mean, not that you won't have the same problems here being kidnapped, killed, or raped, but you know what? There's a better chance you won't here. And at least here, there's a better chance that you can defend yourself if you're in that situation. So please keep that in mind. Um, but yeah, I I always enjoy my conversations with my granddaughter. Um, she's a young adult, and I'm an old adult. And uh, it's just curious to listen to her and to hear how her thoughts have been formed about the world around her, about the country she lives in. Um, I will tell you, at Christmas time, uh, we had a gathering at uh, friends at my wife's house where we were all there, and everyone was kind of chit-chatting. And they were my wife's friends, so I really didn't have a whole lot to chit-chat about. So I was talking to my, my granddaughter, and she expressed to me that, you know, she was, you know, looking forward to, you know, moving overseas and living anywhere but the United States because she really hated the United States because of this, that, and the other thing, and things that, you know, and and why she hates it, and why she has a problem with it, is I found hysterical to myself, because she doesn't like the fact that all these people are on welfare, she doesn't like the fact that there's all these homeless people, doesn't like the fact that people take advantage of the system, and no one does anything about it, um, she sounds very liberal, but there seems to be a deep-rooted conservative streak. She's liberal, but conservative. It's a very strange bipolar thing. She is a conservative liberal. She hates the country because of all the liberal things that go on and would love to be conservative, but she can't be conservative because she's always been told conservatives are the devil. So her and I had a very uh, long, educated talk uh, that evening and um, it was I will say by by the by the end of the conversation um, I don't know if we actually resolved anything but if I could present to her the plan which involved going into a poverty stricken neighborhood a crime stricken neighborhood and go in and uh, remove the crime by any means necessary. Uh, remove the drugs, remove the pimps, remove the pushers. Uh, basically eliminate the bad element by, um, again, any means necessary. She was good with that because it would take the bad element out and give the good element a chance to survive. Um, not, <laughs> I know she thinks she's being liberal about it, but not the way a liberal would handle it. So, it's very tough sometimes to uh, figure out what's going on with this generation and the one just prior and the one coming up after. 
Um, I think they know what they want. And they know what makes them feel good. And sometimes the two don't match. So, um, when people say let the youth speak, let the children speak, let the children lead the way, uh, it scares the crap out of me because I don't think they know what they want to do. And by 18, by 19, by 20, they should at least be some formation of a coherent thought, a possible sculpting of where they're going to be in 10, 15, 20 years. Um, I think they're coming out of high school. They're coming out of college. Um, no wiser for the experience. And then they get into the real world world and they are just so disillusioned and crushed by the fact that what they thought would happen isn't anywhere close to really what's going to happen that they have I don't know a breakdown a epiphany a whatever um so to my older listeners talk to your grandkids talk to 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 my parents that are listening talk to your kids and and when they tell you something that sounds utterly stupid tell them they're an idiot tell them doesn't they don't always have to be right children children don't always have to be right children need honesty and guidance more than they need for their feelings to constantly be coddled and feel good if your child tells you something utterly ridiculous tell your child that's utterly ridiculous and you need to look at this instead you know if I don't know. I I am still trying to help my granddaughter find her way. Um, but I don't know if I'm going to be able to before she, you know, ships off with the Peace Corps. I will do my best. I will go to hell and back for her. Um, but there comes a point in time that you just have to accept it and, and move on. And that's unfortunate. Um, but, um, yeah, speak to your kids. Speak to your grandkids. Find out what they're thinking. Find out what they're doing. Um... You know, find a way to get them to put the game controller down and go outside and play or, you know, uh, have, when you have a conversation with them, you know, bring a little adulthood into it. Bring a little reason. Bring a little, you know, this is smart decisions. These are bad decisions. You know, tell them some of your mistakes and try to get them to understand not to make those mistakes again, you know. Uh, don't eat detergent. Uh, I'm going to wash your mouth out with soap. Doesn't mean that you have to like it and then consume it. Just, you need to be honest with your children. It's probably the best thing you can do. You're you're their parent, not their friend. That's, if, if I had one parenting thought to give you, that is, you are their parent and not their friend. When they're 20, 30 years old, you can be their friend. But until that point, you got to be their parent. You got to be the one that points them in a direction when they're headed down a road that is ends at the edge of a cliff. You got to stop them before they get to the edge of that cliff. 
because there's no coming back sometimes from these things. All right, enough for me. Hopefully Jeff is feeling healthier next week. We will be back next week, next Friday, 9 o'clock. Fridays, 9 o'clock. Diversity Broadcasting Network, which is found at www.diversitybroadcastingnetwork.com. Again, thank you, Renee, for indulging Jeff, myself, actually just myself, the last couple weeks, on these talks, these tirades, these subjects that uh, seem to get him and me and both of us fired up. Uh, Hopefully we're reaching some people out there. And hopefully we're making sense to some people. Um, We can be found at www.letstalkitall.com. You can email us at ltiaradioshow at gmail.com. And um, again, uh, one thought, like I said, if I had anything to tell you, uh, keep in mind that the children are our future but we need to guide them so that they can take us in the right direction it takes a village to raise a child hopefully that child's not the village idiot have a good night talk to you next week